podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how are you doing today? Yo, yo. Happy Monday morning. Hope you guys are all doing well post-NFL draft and uh, had a lovely weekend. Yeah, this was a, uh, a great NFL draft. I think personally, the biggest piece of news for the 49ers, in my opinion, coming out of this draft is that Debo Samuel and Jimmy Garoppolo are both still on the team. We talked about how we thought if there was going to be a Debo trade, it was probably going to be during the draft. And it seems like from various rumors that the team turned down offers, they just, no one made them the offer they couldn't refuse. And they really see Debo. They really want to work through this with Debo and keep him on the team. So I think we're going to break down every single draft pick and all that. But I personally think maybe the biggest piece of news is that Debo is still a 49er. Daniel, what do you, you think about that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we didn't have any kind of super flashy first round pick. We didn't trade around a ton to to trade into the first round when people wanted out. Nothing crazy really happened for the 49ers in the draft other than the fact that we kept Debo. Now, that might not seem like a something crazy that happened because he was already with us, but the fact that he's still on the team after a pretty wild draft where lots of trading, especially in the first round took place to me, it is pretty wild that we still have him on our roster, especially when guys like AJ Brown and Hollywood Brown were traded in the first round. So teams can move around picks and get a established wide receiver instead of taking a chance on the many wide receivers going in the first round. So I think that is a huge piece of news that he is still on our roster. Yeah, and I think the one of the players you mentioned, A.J. Brown, might be the biggest piece of news that happened in the NFL draft relevant to Debo. We talked about those three players, D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown, and Debo Samuel, all sharing one agent. And A.J. Brown was traded from the Titans because the Titans didn't want to pay him what he was asking for and immediately signed, I think, a four-year, $100 million deal with the Eagles. So that, right away, we talked about how Debo probably doesn't want to be the first to sign out of those receivers trying to sign this season. And whoever signs last tends to get the most amount of money. So that seems to set the floor 25 million a year. I believe that was the deal for AJ Brown. And I would expect a similar number for Debo that that does not shock me. I'm guessing the 49ers will ultimately be, be willing to pay something like that. Um, Somebody came out afterwards and said Debo's stance has not changed. He really wants to, he has dug in on wanting to be traded from the Niners, but money can soothe a lot of things in, in this situation. And I'm, I am optimistic that this can be worked out. And clearly Kyle and John, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are too, because if they weren't, they would have traded him this weekend during the draft probably during the first round. Cause I can't imagine them trading him without wanting to replace him with a first round receiver immediately. And so because of that, that I think is the biggest sign to me that the team at least thinks he's going, they're going to be able to resign him. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I do think that contract is right where, right where he deserves. If not AJ Brown's contract is right where Debo deserves, but I do believe that Debo will be making a little more bank than AJ Brown. 
And that's not, I don't say that just because of his hybrid use. I think that Debo might even be a better receiver than AJ Brown, just straight up, even without the hybrid use. And some of you might think that's, that might not be a shock at all. But if we look at AJ Brown's size and ability, he's still got more of that athletic build that teams usually look for. Unless teams are, are more of yards after catch yak guys like Debo truly is. So I guess it, it kind of truly depends on your system, but AJ Brown seems to be that Calvin Johnson esque receiver and Debo is certainly not that built in size, but they have their, their different tendencies and attributes to them. But I do think that Debo is going to be the one getting more money there. I'd be surprised if not. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, I think, that is likely likely the case. I think Debo's worth more out of those three receivers. Um, and we will we will see what happens. So, like we mentioned, the NFL draft was this weekend. The 49ers picked a lot of new players, a lot of new names that we're gonna want to learn. And we are gonna take the next half hour or so, just however much time we have to, or however long it takes, really, to break down each and every one of those picks, give our thoughts, talk a little bit about how we see this affecting the depth chart, whether we yep. think these guys are gonna be mainstays on the 49ers roster for a long time, or whether we think they'll be gone by the end of training camp. We'll get those thoughts out right now, give you a little bit background on this 49ers draft, and we'll probably whine a little bit that the 49ers picked a running back in the third round. A lot of it. A lot of it. You heard a that. lot of it. All right. Let's do this. Well, first, the 49ers' first pick in the NFL draft was in the second round because they traded away, you know, every first rounder ever for Trey Lance. And I think we need first to take a bit of a victory ever. lap, Daniel, because who Seriously. was the 49ers' second round pick? The 49ers in the second round were able to draft Edge out of USC, and that is Drake Jackson. And you may remember that name because Daniel and I had the 49ers taking Drake Jackson in this with their first pick in the second round in our official 49ers unrestricted mock draft. So hi, Kyle. Hi, hi, John. Thanks for tuning in again. And uh, we really appreciate you using us as a resource for your, your draft board, but I'm, I'm pretty pumped about, about Drake Jackson, Daniel. What's crazy about the fact that we actually got Drake Jackson to me is when we first, because I believe we've talked draft now on three podcasts. So on the first one that we did, we said, hey, who are guys that might be available at our first pick in the second round? And Drake Jackson was one of those guys that we listed, but he was much more of like, yeah, hopefully, maybe he's a yeah. reach. Not a huge reach hard in that position, get, but. It's hard to get edge rushers. In edge Especially rushers, they're in this draft. at such a premium, as you can see with a guy like Trayvon Walker going number one overall with just pure potential at the position. Like edge rushers go at a really high premium in this league. Well, the first three of the top five picks, edge rushers. So, I mean, that just shows you the, how crazy that is um, that they all went there. Um, okay, so we got Trayvon, yeah. Aiden, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, those are three top edge rushers. Was Jermaine Johnson the next one? Yeah, well, no, I think it was Karloftis. I think Karloftis might have been before Johnson, George Karloftis. I think that, I think the, yeah, I think the Chiefs did trade and, and got him earlier, but yeah, but yeah, but, the fact that there's that many guys and then there's a lot of there's a lot of tier two guys. I think Drake Jackson is, is right at the bottom of the tier two guys. 
um, because there were so many edge rushers. And so, and a lot of teams needed edge rushers. So I was just surprised that this good of one was still available at our, at our selection. Do you remember yeah. this is, this is totally offhand. So we'll, I no worries if, if nothing comes to your brain right away, but do you remember who else was available? Is there anyone else who stuck out to you? And you're like, Oh, I kind of wish no, we got I, him instead. Or I think Drake Jackson was the, was the perfect pick and just, a, a yeah. I don't know. Was there anyone who jumped out to you that you were disappointed we didn't grab there? Uh, no names pop out, but I I believe that I looked at the big board that I had running, and he was essentially the top available, at least in any position that we were like talking about. You know, there was some the, the quarterbacks were still available, and they were at the top, yeah. but we're not we're not doing that. Could you imagine if we drafted a quarterback? I would have lost my mind. I know it makes no sense, but yeah, that's why I would have lost been, my mind. So would have been crazy. I'm well, I'm really excited about the pick. Um, yeah. So Drake Jackson, potential. a little bit of background, played three years at USC, uh, five and a half sacks his first season to his second five is five. His final season weighed in at the combine at 273, actually 254 pounds of the combine bulked up for his pro day to 273, six foot three, a guy with a lot of promise. Dane Brugler, a name you're going to hear a lot because I really like his work on the draft, has him as his 10th best edge rusher in this class, a guy with really, really high upside who definitely needs, needs some polish and is going to need, need some coaching. And I think we're going to talk about this at other points in the draft too, but the 49ers defensive line coaching staff is probably the best in the NFL. And there's just, there's not many coaching staffs that I would want more to handle um, developing a pass rusher like this. And if he can develop into a truly elite, like speed rusher guy, all the 49ers need is someone good enough to make teams pay when they double team Nick Bosa. And we really just did not have that last season. D Ford was supposed to be that, but just the injury history and maybe he still can, but I would, I would, I wouldn't bet on it. So the hope is that Drake Jackson can be this guy who can come in and make teams pay when they double team Bosa. And I, I really think he has, has a really, a really good chance to be that guy. Yeah. So I know we're going to talk depth chart in a little bit, but let's just, let's just do it with Jackson real quick. So we've got Nick Bosa. We've got D Ford, we've got Samson Ebukum, and we've got Drake Jackson. Those are our top four edges, I would say, right? Yeah, I think that's about right. Maybe Kerry Hyder, but he sometimes plays on the interior. Okay, yeah, I, I see him more as an inside guy, but you are right. I think he is more classified as a defensive end than a defensive. Yeah, and, an and Drake guy. Jackson is much more of a like a true edge rusher, like an outside yes. linebacker, edge rusher kind of guy. Yeah, so Hyder is that guy where he's like he's a true defensive end where he and you know you see defensive ends play interior all the time. Calais Campbell is and Cameron Hayward on the Steelers are a great example where they're defensive ends, but they're like on the end of the interior where they're right in the middle. And then when we say edge, it's kind of it's similar to defensive end. It's really the same thing, but edge is more of like that linebacker position. Sometimes that linebacker position that's more on the outside, but that's the beauty of some of these guys is they really can play truly interior right on the edge, right on the corner, or actually like a little bit out wide as a true edge. Um, and that's what I love, but obviously Nick Bosa, 
will be in his spot and he will get as many snaps as they see fit for, for him. I know he, what is he usually yeah. 70? Is that a little much anyways? Yeah. I think that, that, that sounds about right. I, I think if you're going to ask me for depth chart, I think it depends on D Ford's health. I think if D Ford's healthy, which is a, a big, given. big if, but let's say he's healthy. It's definitely goes Bosa Ford. But, and so I think right now, I think it's what you said. I think it's Bosa, Ford, Ebukum, and Drake Jackson. However, factor in Bosa's health and give Drake Jackson three months of coaching. And I think it's Bosa, Jackson. Um, Ford's Ali health, Ebukum, you mean? Ford. Yeah, factor in Ford's health yeah. and factor in uh, give Jackson some time to develop. I, I think Jackson is going to be the best, the second best edge rusher on this team, unless D Ford is miraculously healthy. But I don't I think it's a stretch it. to say that by... October, Drake Jackson is the second best edge rusher on the 49ers. And I really like Samson Ebukum. I don't, I always have to say his name. Yeah, that's, that's not an anti Ebukum take. No, not at all. And, but the thing about him is I think he's got, I think he's got a high floor. Like I think we've, we've seen good stuff from him, but I think he has a very low ceiling. I don't see him popping off and becoming this number two edge guy out of nowhere. So I see, I think that's fair, you know, I'm not trying to predict anything, but D Ford has shown us nothing but injury. And even, you know, I guess he didn't even get to play it hundred percent once this last season, it seemed. And I believe he's in one last year of his contract. I'd have to look that up to know for sure. But uh, I see the pair of Drake Jackson and Samson Ebukum potentially pushing D Ford right out of the Niners roster simply because they're hopefully going to be healthy. And I think producing at a, at a decent level for, for what we got them for. So I'm really, really excited to see Drake Jackson fit right away. I think he's going to get a decent amount of playing time right from the get-go, but I know we kind of tend to be sheepish with some rookies and may, maybe I'm wrong with his involvement at first, but regardless, I am ecstatic to see Drake Jackson fit into this defense. And I assume Demeco Ryans is pretty stoked as well. Yeah, and I just I think the 49ers coaching staff on both sides of the ball is so good that I and you're probably going to hear me say this a lot that we've taken guys that are a little raw but with a lot of upside and I just think those are the perfect picks for the kind of the kind of team the 49ers have right now. There aren't that many positions where we need a guy to produce day 1 and add in the fact that the 49ers can have a good coaching staff to develop these guys. I think that's a pretty good situation. Did we discuss his grade already? Um, I did not. Would you, would you give hey, that a with this grade? You've got the Brugler grade, right? Oh, Brugler. I don't have Brugler's grades. I have his pre-draft oh, okay. like analysis. I can, got I can it. find them. Okay. I can no, no, find no, no, some I, grades, I, but I haven't looked. Um, There's a lot on, of draft uh, grades out there. I know that's what's so tough. So just on the, on the Niners, Niner nation, they give him an A, um, but you know, we love Brugler. So yeah. Let's, let's move on to pick number two so we can talk about some of the rest of these guys and our undrafted free agents. Yeah. Um, number two pick for the Niners in Ooh. the third round, 93rd overall. We have, oh, is it, is it just Tyron? Tyrion Davis Tyrion. Price. Man, I'm so bad with names. The best thing about him, actually, I know nothing about, the best thing about this pick is that he sounds, he has the same name as a guy from Game of Thrones. I want to say right off the bat, Anything negative that I say, nothing against Tyrion Davis Price. Seems like a good player. I don't love the 49ers taking a running back in the third round. Daniel, how do you feel about that? 
Well, part of why I don't like the fact that the Niners took a running back in the third round is because we did not draft a safety at all. And I'm not undrafted free agents don't count. You know, that's a signing. So we did not draft a safety whatsoever. And I love my boy Talanoa Hufunga, but I don't know if he's ready to be one of our starting safeties, especially with no one right behind him ready to kind of balance yeah. it out. Other than, I mean, Jimmy Ward on the other side. But I was like, why are we not taking a safety? There were safeties that we liked that we talked about. I believe Nick Cross went after this guy. I believe Brian Cook went before, but there were other safeties available. And I'm like, man, yeah. I know a tough one. I know we we have an eye. Our our staff has an eye for running backs and 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 good players. Does but it? I'm like, does it well, have an eye for running backs? I'd say this last year with Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, it's this last draft. You got you got an example, a bad example, and a great example. But yeah, no, you're, uh, right, you're right. But yeah, I mean, regardless of what you think of the running back or not, we had some some top safeties available, and I was really excited to see that. And I really wanted Nick Cross, and I'm pretty positive he was available here. So I have to look at that. I believe. Uh, oh, I wonder if because Dylan Parham went three picks before this, so I wonder if he was yeah, a, he was a he center was out of Memphis. Round. The, or yeah. an offensive, an interior offensive lineman out of Memphis that, if you'll recall, yeah. we we both really liked. We wanted to take him with the second pick at one point, I think, second round pick at one point. And I see reports that Davis Price was a fourth or fifth round prospect, according to a lot of the boards. And so us taking him the third yeah. round here at a position we don't necessarily need was yep, kind of upsetting. Yeah, so so uh, Dane Brugler has him as a fifth round grade, the eleventh best running back in this draft. Davis Price coming out of LSU, man is six foot three or six, I think just six foot point three or something. I can't read these measurements very well. Two hundred and eleven pounds. He played three seasons at LSU. He does hold the single game record for the most rushing yards in LSU school history. He is different than some of the other running backs guy we have on the 49ers. He is a between the tackles guy. He's a physical runner. He he's not a bad player and he probably is an asset to this team that has really run through running backs in recent years with injuries. However, I think as you can tell, none of us really saw running back as a need for the 49ers. However, I did see someone on Twitter and I apologize. I don't recall who it was point out the one good explanation I've heard for this take, which is what if this is the 49ers saying to Debo, Hey, we are committed to not playing you as much at running back. Look Mm. at this high pick. We just took a running back with that is the one, the one explanation that I I could see making sense is that this is yes. The 49ers need depth at this position because their guys get injured a lot. And Elijah Mitchell, who was really, really good as yet to be healthy. Raheem Mostert is gone. Trey Sermon, as I alluded earlier, seems like a bit of a bust and, Maybe this is them saying like, hey, Debo, last year you had to play this position and you were awesome at it. But now we ha- we're we going to take another. Here's a high cap draft capital guy we just took. Look at this. We're committed to playing you more at wide receiver. Come back. Like, okay, I, first, first if guess. that's the case, I don't hate the pick. First guess of where he slides in on the depth chart. We've got Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, Jamichael Hasty, both resigned, and Trey Sermon. Now, I don't see the Niners keeping five running backs. Maybe if one of them slides into a special teams role primarily and it's just there as an extra running back if yeah. needed. Let's just say we are heading into training camp, I guess, because where we don't have to worry about if they keep five or not. Where does he rank on this depth chart for running backs? Is he 
right behind Mitchell? Is he behind Wilson, behind Hasty, a friend of Sermon? What do you think? I, I think it goes Mitchell, Wilson, Hasty, Davis Price, Sermon. But maybe Sermon is really, Sermon's been working hard in the offseason. Maybe he's developed, but I, I think Hasty, the team really, really trusts on third downs within pass blocking and receiving. Wilson has proven to be great when needed for a long time. And Elijah oh, yeah. Mitchell set the 49ers franchise rookie rushing record last season. I think Elijah Mitchell's the guy if he's, if he's healthy. And I would also say don't fall for Davis Price like everyone fell for Trey Sermon in fantasy drafts last season. But I think. I, I think he might might slot in ahead of Sermon, but I I can't imagine that he's he's above Wilson or Hasty. What do you think? I'm right there with you. I, I was just curious if if I was kind of on track. No way did I see him going ahead of Wilson, especially right away. I mean, Wilson has been our our backup for the last two years and has done a phenomenal job. I mean, he did he did great in Raheem Mostert's absence. He took took right over. I know. I, my strategy in fantasy football is to get as many of the Niners running backs as I can, Debo included, and starting whoever's first string. And I've done okay with that. So I feel silly saying he jumped Sermon right away because Sermon went in the third round too, correct? Last year? Yeah, yeah. Sermon, Sermon was a third round pick last season. And you know, as I think about it, there were so many injuries at running back last season. I guess I don't hate hate taking one who's more of a bruiser and maybe can can stay a little healthier than a speedster like Elijah Mitchell. But it's just it's not what we expected. And that's that's hard to kind of to grapple with. I think Mm -hmm. the only reason this is a good pick is if it truly is part of negotiating with Debo, then I'm all for it. I just think spending a third round pick on a position that not it's not like we don't need a running back. You know, we always need need running backs. I feel like every team does. But to not address the safety position at all. And I think this would have been a good spot simply to say like prove to Debo. Yeah. You don't have to be a running back as much to me. It's like, I don't know if that was worth it. I don't know if that's truly actually what they're thinking to me. That seems not silly. I want to say a little silly to say like, okay, you know, it's a business. So I don't necessarily see them having to, to take that step to prove it, but also maybe they do. Maybe that's exactly what they did, but, I, I could go either way. I really don't know, but yeah, the, well, I think, the, I think the whole thing with Debo is that this is, and this is not a Debo Samuel podcast. So it definitely could be. He took this personally. It went beyond being business. You know, that, yeah. that seems to be what started this is that he took something yeah. in the negotiations personally. So maybe it needs to be fixed with things that we don't necessarily view as business as well. The grade that I've got for Davis price here is a D not like in the running back pick this early. Yeah, that's um, what I'm seeing too. I do see at, at least, noise. yeah, I do see some, the analysis behind it is at least on the running back selection rather than him as a player. So it's more of just like, Hey, taking a running back here, not a great idea, but he's not the worst one out there. So let's move on to our third overall pick. The 105th overall pick wide receiver out of SMU, Danny Gray, Danny Gray. Yep. Danny Gray. I. He's a wide receiver. Uh, Dane Brugler has him as his 17th best receiver in the draft. He's going to immediately slot in and be the fastest receiver on the 49ers. He ran his 40 in a 4-3-3, which is, is game-breaking kind of speed. That's that's really, really fast. I would I would imagine he's the fastest, the fastest receiver on the Niners immediately. 
kind of signals Debo right away. Yeah. In terms of pure speed. Yeah. I don't want to see them race. I don't think Debo's 40 yard dash was, was that. It probably wasn't as impressive now, but I'm looking that up real quick. Got to get a fact check on that. No, I want to know. I'm not even talking. Debo. Yeah. Debo ran a four, four, eight. Debo ran a four, four, eight, but so Danny Gray speedster, which I think signals something we've talked a little bit, which is that it seems like maybe the 49ers want to open up a little bit more of a deep passing game as Trey Lance comes in as the start as the starter or presumptive starter this fall, because we had such a good deep passing game with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And, and Trey's got that D <laughs> that was sarcasm from Daniel. If you couldn't tell Trey's got the arm to make those throws and, and Danny Gray has the speed to really, really be a game breaking guy. He definitely needs needs some time to develop. Seems like, and this scares me a little, his route running needs some polish. And as we know yeah. from our our time with uh, Kyle Shanahan, nothing nothing gets you in the doghouse more with Shanny than being a wide receiver whose route running needs a little more polish. So that that's a little scary to me. But I think Gray could develop into a pretty consistent role player on the 49ers with that speed. Yeah. I've seen... Uh... I believe Marquez Val- Valdez Scantling is the player comp for him. A deep threat, um, really good at catching the ball on deep throws over the shoulder. But yes, route running, not necessarily the claim to fame for his game. But I assume he's going to slide right in there next, right behind or next to Jawan Jennings, and they'll be the, the three and four receivers. Yeah, um, and I think the the other thing with Gray is yes, he's a speedster, but he can use that speed to pick up yak too. Like he's not absolutely. just a Deshaun Jackson send him down the field and hope he catches it. Like obviously Deshaun Jackson's more than that, but you, you get my point. He um uh, barely he can pick up a lot of yak as well. Yeah. So I I think he's an interesting he's an interesting player. I bet he's a I bet we see him out there at special teams a lot at first, but I could see yes. him developing into a into a name we know. I actually I feel like I see I see Gray being the rookie to make some noise, probably other than Drake Jackson. Just, I mean, yeah. that makes sense, a first pick. But I see Gray being either the, maybe he beats Jackson to make some more noise earlier. But I think Gray is going to make the biggest difference right away, whether it's in special teams with that speed or whether it's how we use him. Um, yeah. And especially, totally. I mean, let's just role play and say Debo sits out and doesn't want to play, which I really don't see happening. But if that so happens, you know, Gray's going to be in there right away making some serious noise. But um, yeah, either so way, I, I, I see him being a factor. I think he's a good pick. And I think the other the other reason he's a good pick that we haven't necessarily said is he's he's something we didn't have in the receiver room. And that's that's what's good. We did not have this speedster burner kind of guy. And so it makes sense to slot one in. So I, I like that. That's a big yeah. reason I'm a fan of that. And that, that gets us that gets us excited for Trey's arm. Maybe this is them saying, okay, we're we're preparing to use this cannon. So yeah, I've got we, a B plus for Trey his has grade. A cannon. Yep. I'm, I looked at an A on a Niner Noises grades from Jeremy Wolfhart. Love uh, it. Or so, yeah. But you take a look at next pick. We got Spencer Burford out of UTSA, which I believe is University of Texas, San Antonio. The highest rated recruit in the history of his college. He is an offensive tackle and he's a good one. He is a shocker, a big man at six foot four, 304 
pounds. He was first team all conference USA in his last season playing at left tackle. But, and this is really, I think this is really cool. He played two seasons at left guard. He's played a couple games at right tackle. And then most recently he played left tackle, which I think is, is super important for someone coming into the 49ers. When you think about the fact that currently left and right tackle are taken, but there's definitely an opening at left guard after we lost Lake and Tomlinson and Burford, uh, Dane Brugler has him as the 12th best tackle in this draft. But I think well, he is a name we might know I, for a while. What I love most about this, I see this as Tom Compton's replacement and hopefully better than what Tom Compton was for us. But because both tackles are healthy, but they've both experienced some injuries as O-linemen do. But McGlinchey was out for a huge chunk of the last two years and Williams has had his, his battles as well. He has suited up. I feel like Williams is is questionable half of this last year, but did decide to play each week. Um, but I see this guy as the backup tackle for either side. Maybe maybe Jalen Moore or someone else slides in before him. But I see this guy as I see Burford as being someone who is going to be able to play both both spots and take over when needed. Um, the reports so I've you, seen you is he's said- definitely more. What's up? Oh, so you said something interesting. You think he's filling in for Tom Compton, not Lakin Tomlinson, who left the Jets in free agency and was starting left guard. Um, I would be surprised if day one Burford slotted in at, at left guard right away. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Is what I'm saying. Um, I think I would I would assume they would do uh banks for more first, um, simply because they've had a little more experience, but I'm yeah. not ruling out Burford being the replacement. I think to start the year, if, if I was to do depth chart right now, like we were, we were talking about, I would put him at uh, right tackle, left tackle two. He would be the backup yeah. for both. Um, totally agree. I think, I think we don't really see him play this season very much yeah. unless there's some significant injuries. The reports say he could, he probably could play guard. Um, his strength, his physical body is, is much more of a strength than his technique is what I see. So I think that he works on his technique this year and maybe he does really come out as, as a fantastic pick in, in this round. And, yeah. but we, I just love we probably should, some good depth here. We probably should take a second as we start talking about the O-line, just talk a little bit about Alex Mack and this potential retirement. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan spoke pretty openly about it in their post-draft press conference. They basically said, yeah, we're not a hundred percent sure. We, we think he's coming back. Um, so they, they definitely think he's coming back. doesn't seem like this is a Joe Staley, but Kyle Shanahan even said like the man just got back from his honeymoon. Like I'm not going to call him and tell him if he's decided and ask him if, if he's decided if he's going to retire or not. So seems like they think Alex Mack is coming back for one more year, but nothing is certain. And I believe the, the Niners did take a center as an undrafted free agent. So they're definitely looking when we'll talk excited about they're looking talk about with him. eyes. Yeah. Looking with eyes to the future for that. But currently it seems like all signs are pointing towards Mac coming back, but nothing is official. Yeah. Next up the 49ers took cornerback Samuel Womack out of Toledo. This is our first, we've talked a lot about defensive back being a need, and this is the Niners' first defensive back off the board. Dane Brugler adds him as the 45th ranked cornerback in his draft guide, which is not the best thing I've seen all day. But yeah, definitely glad to see the 49ers take a pick at secondary. Daniel, any thoughts on that? Um, not my favorite pick. By any means, I think that this is an attempt to replace Kawan Williams, 
but I think it's like it's a pretty big reach. I think that you do, huh? I mean, Sorry. I think I think it's their attempt to replace him. I don't know. I if think it's... a different pick is that. Okay, I don't know if maybe, this is necessarily maybe. going to work. Um, but I mean, he's he's small guy. He's five nine. You know who else is five nine? Me. So yeah. that doesn't give actually. Me a you lot know what of confidence. I. I take that back. Bobby Samuel Womack is the guy I was thinking of. Who's the nickel replacement for Colin Williams. My, yeah. My apologies. So, yeah. I just think it's a reach. The report that I've read is it's the biggest reach in our draft behind Davis price. Um, yeah. And I think that's more of a positional reach than a player reach. This seems more like a specific player reach to me than a positional reach. Um, so I'm not, I'm not really excited about it. I don't know. Um, I believe there were, there were better upside prospects available than him. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the names specifically, but I just do think that this was a much bigger reach. So, but counterpoint, he's a fifth round pick. So he's He's a fifth round pick, right? (laughs) I think, I think he's actually going to play right away or pretty dang quickly because of his nickel corner. And we don't really have anyone else at the nickel spot. So that's why that's the only thing I kind of even potentially maybe like about this pick is that it is like, okay, we filled this hole for this specific position. I loved Kawan Williams, man. I think the fact yeah, that that's a bummer. now that he's gone and I'm realizing how I've watched highlights. I, I, I just am remembering how good I think he really was, you know, not perfect, not polished in every way, but I still liked them. So I like the fact that they're drafting a specific replacement. I think it was too early for this guy. And, um, but we have seen corners in late rounds for us do better than expected. So I've got high hopes for Womack, but it's not high expectations. This is, you know what? You better be good for us. <laughs> That's what I got for you. Totally. And I, I think Womack, you know, he did lead the Mac in passes defended in three straight seasons. So I think there's definitely potential there, but yeah, I'm not sure if I see, if I agree with you that I see him slotting in immediately, but if he does slot in, it's going to be the, at nickel it's hard to see the 45th guy on dane brugler's board at the position go kind of early but the 49ers have nailed fifth round picks for a long time so so who who knows next up we're back to the o-line the 49ers took in in round six nick zakelge out of fordham daniel what do you know about about our guy nick zakelge let me tell you that i've never heard of fordham um, and Fordham so is in is in New York City. It's definitely a smaller school. I did not, to be honest, I couldn't have told you they had a football team until uh, yesterday when I read about Zakelge. Yeah, he was the the Niners' third consecutive smaller school pick. Um, yeah, and I th- these guys were not very well known, so you can tell the Niners did their homework, as of course, uh, because they were smaller schools. Um, I I don't. This is a guy where I'm like, I don't know if you make the roster. I think we've yeah. got a, a decent amount of O-line depth after this draft. Um, yeah. He's definitely an that, interior O-line guy. So I think that he's going to be battling with, spoiler spoiler alert for an undrafted free agent, Donovan West um, from Arizona, who we signed, who when we did our mock drafts, he was potentially a guy we took in the third, if not fourth round. And he fell in a just like a lot of guys did in this draft. Some names that we thought would be picked sooner did not. He didn't get drafted at all. We signed him. And so I think because they're both interior guys, they're going to be competing. But I think I like West more. So I don't really understand how he went undrafted as much. But 
Uh, yeah. I think that yeah. Zakelj is, is much of a, uh, a pure development prospect is what I'm seeing reports of. So it's yep. like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta show us what you got in camp. Yeah. Dane Brugler has him as the 20th ranked offensive guard in his draft class. He is a huge man, which I think is part of the potential to develop him six foot six, uh, 316 pounds. And he played offensive tackle actually at Fordham played left tackle, which makes sense. If you're the best offensive lineman at a small school, they're going to stick you at left tackle, but definitely everyone sees him as moving over to guard. So definitely a prospect who needs to develop more. But like you said, we have some depth at the O-line right now. He definitely has a chance to develop and he he's, he's got a chance because he has the size and the athleticism. It's a big swing. I'm, I'm not against it. I think the biggest thing that I question is his competition playing for smaller schools. Like I know I just read earlier this morning that uh, he was an all Patriot league player uh, all four years of his career. And I'm like, cool. Like that means you were good in your small league, but I don't know. I'm curious to see how much that truly translates. So I don't know I'll, for, for how late of a pick it was, I give it like a C plus B minus maybe. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Um, next up, the 49ers next pick is a guy I have spent a little time digging into and I'm very excited about defensive tackle Kalia Davis out of the university of central Florida. Davis is a really, really interesting player. Dane Brugler has him as the 10th best, uh, defensive tackle on his draft board. He fell a little bit, I think because of inexperience at the position, he was a linebacker at first at UCF for his first year and then bulked up and shifted over to defensive tackle. He really, really changed his weight. Now he's weighing in at 302 pounds. He is six foot one. And then after that, he really hasn't played a full season since his first one at the position after moving over from linebacker. He opted out of 2020 because of COVID 2021. He tore his ACL five games into the season. He's still coming off that torn ACL might not even be healthy before the year, but I'm, I'm really excited about Davis. I have a piece coming out on Niner noise about why I think Davis might is the day three pick who we probably know the most in a couple of years. John Lynch said what I think is the biggest comparison, which is they see Davis as coming in to fill the DJ Jones role. And DJ Jones played really well for the Niners last year with Javon Kinlaw's injury. There's a huge need at this position as Kinlaw battles injury with Jones gone. He's, he's a really promising prospect. I think Kalia Davis who needs, needs to polish up a bit. And I alluded to this earlier, but there's no, no team in the NFL with a better defensive line coaching staff to polish a raw prospect who has only played one season at the position than, than the 49ers. But Davis still possesses a lot of that quickness that comes from the linebacker spot and now has bulked up to play D tackle. I'm, I'm pretty excited about, about Kalia Davis. Daniel, how do you feel about him? Um, I'll just say one thing so we can keep this rolling. So we make sure we get to the rest of the guys, but I love that how excited you are for him because I am as well. And Timmy and I have not talked about this guy yet, but we've both done our research on him and we both seem to be in agreement that this late of a pick, I think this is the pick I'm most excited about other than Drake Jackson. Honestly, uh, we have uh, a few veterans that we've signed as we do every year. We talk a lot about this, about how we sign, you know, we kind of say we sign whatever defensive tackle off the street to see if they can fit into our our scheme with our fantastic defensive line coaching staff. So I think that Davis could see some playing time with the rotation that we do pretty early. We use a lot of defensive linemen in every game. 
Um, but I think that the first year could be a pretty watch and learn year for him with a, some plays sprinkled in there. But I really think that at the 220th overall pick, I think we got fantastic potential at this pick. And I'm excited to see him watch and learn from our defensive line coaches, from yeah. guys like Armstead and Bosa. And I think that we're going to get fantastic value from this late yeah. round pick. And, and I think Davis is going to be much better than expected. It's just the perfect destination because the coaching staff and a real value. Brugler has him as a fourth and fifth round grade. and We got him in the sixth. So I'm, I'm yeah. ecstatic about this guy. I'm pretty excited about the for sure. I'm pretty excited about the next guy too. The 49ers took another cornerback Tariq Castro fields out of Penn state in the sixth round. Interestingly, Dane Brugler has him way higher on his cornerback rankings than the guy, the 49ers took earlier, which was, yep. um, which as we just talked about, uh, the 40, um, why can't I remember Samuel Womack who Dane Brugler has is 45 yeah, yeah. Brugler has Castro fields at 17 on his cornerback rankings. And he's a, a really interesting player, a pretty interesting body type. He's, he's tall with the long arms, similar to kind of Richard Sherman. He's six foot five, 197 pounds. He played, I think, five, yeah, he played five full years at, at Penn state graduated with his degree uh, turned down a chance to go last year, ran a four, three, eight in the 40 this wow. year at the 40 yard dash six foot five, a hundred and or maybe, maybe I'm reading this wrong and he's six foot and a half. I'm not very good at reading these, these measurements, but I'm, I'm excited about Castro fields. Let me see if I can, if I can get a correct height on this man, but I'm, I think that uh, he's going to be a fantastic depth guy right behind uh, Ward Mosley and Thomas. I think that Lenore has got some competition now. I think that the, the, the potential foot, I see in bad, Castro fields, Six foot. Okay. I'd be pretty tall for a cornerback in my mind, but yeah, um, definitely on the taller side. I see Castro Fields sliding right in next to Lenore. Maybe he jumps him. I do not see him getting ahead of Ward Mosley or Thomas, of course. Um, but I'm really, I'm excited about this guy too. I think that an, another yeah. great late round value. I'm frustrated. Yeah, great, a fourth we, round grade by Dane Brugler. So nice job getting him in the we, sixth, the Niners. I just I don't know why we didn't switch these picks with Womack. Like why these guys weren't switched, but I think yeah, I mean if you can get them in the sixth, maybe totally. there's more value at the nickel corner spot. I mean, there's so many things that fall into it. I I think we can hate the Womack pick because of where it is and still celebrate that we got a fourth round graded guy in the seventh, in the sixth. Yeah. So sixth, seventh. I'm I'm curious to sixth. see how this depth chart shapes out um and who makes the team uh come start of the season. Yeah, big, so big position of need. And big competition now that we've got a lot of guys in there. I know we carry six or seven corners, it seems like, but with Ward, Mosley, Thomas, um, Lenore, Fields, and Womack, I know I'm missing missing some. I think Johnson, Dante Johnson is still there. So um, it'll be a fun fun competition to see who, who cracks it. So I like that pick a lot. And let's move on to Mr. Irrelevant. And then talk Mr. about unsigned, undrafted free agents real quick before we hop off. But Mr. yeah, the 49ers, so the 49ers had the last pick in the draft, often dubbed Mr. Irrelevant. And they took quarterback Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. Purdy's pretty a pretty good quarterback. He's one of the I think he's the best quarterback in the history of Iowa State by pretty much every objective metric. And. I think it makes sense to grab a quarterback. Um, he's he's probably going to be the practice squad guy. The assumption, obviously, is that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be traded. Trey Lance is going to be the starter. Nate Sudfeld just signed a new deal, so 
expect to see him as the backup. So I see Purdy being the practice squad guy coming up to be the backup in the event of any injuries. Um, not a, not a bad pick to, to slot in there to, to back up and get a guy on a cheap deal, potentially move sub Sudfeld, not have to pay the backup as much. Yeah, I'm fine with it, but I don't, I don't expect him to be a name. We hear that much. I'm a little surprised they, they went pretty over Carson strong, but I, I think that yeah, pretty seems to be more of an all around polished quarterback when Carson strong's biggest claim to famous is cannon of an arm, but they've got that in Trey Lance as well. So maybe they're, they're thinking, okay, Purdy's maybe more of an all around backup, more all around potential who can be a backup and, and get experience and, and watch and learn. Well, Carson strong totally. might have less, less mechanics in the other, other worlds than just his his arm so i mean this is a pretty good pick for mr irrelevant i must say but nate sudfeld is guaranteed two million dollars this next year so i even if we do when we do trade or cut jimmy garoppolo pretty will be behind nate sudfeld i believe so i believe sudfeld will be the one dressing for games and pretty will be holding that laptop yeah. That's exactly what I what I expect to see as well. Um, Microsoft Surface, you mean? <laughs> My bad. My apologies. Yeah, come on. Microsoft pays a lot of money to be the have the NFL be the only people in the world who use the Microsoft Surface. Um, All right. Now let's let's wrap up real quick. Let's rip through some of these undrafted free agents the 49ers signed. Daniel, I'm just gonna read some names and you yep. you chime in if you you've spent more time looking at these guys than I have so you chime in with what you're excited about. So we got out of Fresno State, D-lineman Kevin Atkins. Any thought any any big opinions there? Uh no, I'll, I'll you can read the names and I'll tell you my top 3. Cool. And then we have Minnesota offensive lineman Sham Sam Schluter. I might have said that wrong. Arizona State offensive lineman Donovan West, Texas A&M safety Leon O'Neal, Pittsburgh wide receiver Tasir Mack. Uh, San Diego State defensive back, Taylor Hawkins, University of North Carolina linebacker, Jeremiah Gemmel, San Diego State linebacker, Sagoon Olubi, Oklahoma State wide receiver, Tay Martin, Mercer O-lineman, Jason Poe. And that's all I got. Anybody I missed there? This is according to NinersWire.com. That's what so I've got as well. So cool. All right. Did you say the top three? Did you say West? Yeah. Okay. Um, Number one, my favorite one is center Donovan West. As we already talked a little bit, he was a guy who was one of the ones ranked on Pro Football Focus when we were doing our mock draft that he could be in the, could be there in the third. He dropped to the fourth and I believe was gone after that for us when we did our mock draft. So I'm surprised he went undrafted. I'm surprised he was available that, I mean, at the end of the draft, not that late, but I love the signing. I think that, He'll be one of our bottom tier offensive linemen on the depth chart, um, even if and Alex Max does play. But I do. That's think what I was going to ask. Is he a center? Is I, mm-hmm. I haven't done enough dive. Okay, he's a center. He's a center, and that that's why I like him. A big part of it is I do think that he could be. He's a shot at being Alex Mack. Alex Max replacements, um, one of them. So we'll see. He I I believe he'll make the roster at a camp. So keep an eye on him. I think that he he's yeah. got some good potential. And so I like that we got him. Yeah. Uh, All right. Anybody Le- who's uh, similar. It. Jason Poe is another guy where it's like, okay, if it's not West, it's Poe that could shape yeah, out. The- Jason Poe has the played center as well. Right. Yeah. So I think these guys, I actually only think one of them will make our, our roster with the other 
linemen that we picked prior and the guys that we have. Um, so I think they're going to be kind of battling out for one of the spots, but I do believe one of them will at least make the team. The guy I'm most, well, I think I might be most best, but next is Leon O'Neill Jr. Um, we did not draft a safety, so I'm thankful that we at least signed an undrafted one. But Leon O'Neill Jr. will be, I really think he's going to make the team primarily or 100% as a special teams guy. Um, the reports say he's got a fantastic motor and he really does have a big shot to make the roster as a special yeah. teams guy. But seeing all the injuries that the Niners endure, he could easily see some time at safety if Ward or Hufunga or anyone else that we may sign gets injured. Totally. I think he's a he's a fantastic depth pick and special teams guy. So yeah, he, yeah. I think I'm changing my mind and making him the most exciting undrafted free agent. Completely agree. Yeah, no, this was a, a fun draft. I think the 49ers did a good job of restocking the war chest of depth just to, to go out there and, and compete again. Obviously, this is a great team with a great coaching staff and the ability to get their best out of their uh, get the best out of their players. And I'm I'm just I'm really excited for this season and to talk a bit more about these guys. So everybody, thank you for tuning in to 49ers Unrestricted. Keep an eye on the Twitters to see maybe if Debo Samuel gets moved or signs that extension. I really have no idea what the timeline of that is going to look like now. I really thought it would all be handled during the draft if he was going to be traded. So I this could this could be a messy, long, drawn-out situation, but I think we'll get a quick reaction pot up immediately if something were to happen. And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Daniel, any any parting words? I agree with you. It could, it could be messy. I'm hoping that it doesn't go that way, but um, I think we could pre- potentially prepare for a storm. And as you said, we'll – We'll be talking about it. So excited to, or maybe not, not as excited to talk about it. So stay tuned. A lot of fun stuff happening as the season is, doesn't feel like it's close, but summer camp is coming. That's when some noise starts. So have a good weekend, buddy. Yeah, stay safe out there, everyone.